You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. The Eskimos are 0-1 in 50-50 carryover games. Okay, Derek Taylor. Look at that. How, how's that for a stat? <laughs> Not too bad. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No doubt about it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sunseri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call it? You're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like... <laughs> You're the like interview? In- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money. Yeah, 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 the, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set, hut. It is episode 71 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Travis Curra, Brazilian tie with you today. I am totally not living up to that intro today. I am having a coffee with milk and no sugar in it. I had my first pop in like two weeks today. Congratulations. Look at that. We're getting into that age where we need to start watching our blood sugar levels and all that kind of crap. Uh, man, and I do have to warn you, I have the ultimate man cold going on right now. Wow. I haven't been feeling good since Sunday morning, so we'll yeah, see how this goes, I guess. That's the norm for you, though. The Irish <laughs> flu is like, <laughs> you feel normal was, when you're hungover. It was the Mexican flu on Sunday morning. Oh, no. That's yeah. not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was lots of fun. Now, my version of the Mexican flu is when I have too much tacos and I end up with the ring of fire, but we won't go there. Uh, let's get right to the news. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast. All right. Well, the new commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, had his first day on the job on Monday. And uh, Tyrell, have you ever been able to listen to any interviews with this guy? Uh, not in their entirety. I listened to a bit of the Waggle podcast yeah. there earlier this week, but then at work, of course, we called away. And I never have finished it up, but I mean, guy played in the league and knows what it takes. He's won in the league. He knows what this league kind of needs and what they're aiming for. So I think it looks like the right guy for the job. I feel like he's exactly the guy for the job. I heard him on uh, CFL 60 with Darren Bombing out in Winnipeg on the TSN station there. And the guy speaks with such passion. He loves this game. It's in his blood. It's in his, his family. His daughters love the game. And he spoke passionately about how to get people into the gates, uh, making the stadiums places to be. Uh, like every week, it should be your highlight of the week to be at every or whatever stadium you can be at in the Canadian Football League. So I have really high hopes for the future with Mr. Ambrosi uh, leading this league into the future. And <laughs> he had to make quite the decision right off the bat with deciding what kind of punishment Tiger Cats linebacker Will Hill would get. Now, of course, against Saskatchewan over the weekend, he ended up grabbing an official by the caller, something I have never seen before. He ends up getting a one-game suspension. What do you make of the punishment, Brazilian tie? I think he missed the mark, which... bit light? A bit light. Uh, the, only, the only comparison I can make would be Dennis Weidman 
in the NHL. I, I know it's totally different because he hit the guy and got a quarter of the season. I'm like, yeah. I just don't think one game you you forcefully grabbed an official, and it just seems like those are league employees. The league isn't backing up their officials, and one game that's one eighteenth of your season. One game isn't going to hurt the Tiger Cats at this point, this early in the year. So at three at least, I mean, it, it's an official. You've been taught since you were six years old. You can't touch. You can't hit. Yeah. You can't do anything to the officials, and you've you got to pay for it. So I, I think we missed, I think you missed the mark on it, but that's just me. It's funny. Uh, Brazilian Ty and I went to junior high together in intramurals. I... Uh, <laughs> He yeah, was no the referee. No, I, 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 I sympathize with Will Hill here. Like, <laughs> you were the official for intramurals, and I think floor hockey in June at the end of the year, I pretty much crumpled you into a ball and threw you into a net. So, uh, <laughs> Will <laughs> and Hill. And all I gave you was a 10. <laughs> yeah. I, I set the record for the most penalty minutes and suspensions in intramural uh, history at ES Laird Junior High School in Lloydminster. <laughs> but, and then somehow didn't win the intramural award. I yeah, don't get it. Come on. <laughs> I will say, uh, when you watch the internet gif of it, it looks a whole lot worse than it does in real life. Yeah, uh, when oh, I for sure. when I watched it, when I I first saw the internet, you know, meme gif or whatever of it, and I'm like, oh man, that that looks like a solid three or four game thing. And then I watched it live, and maybe it sounds crazy, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, and. Uh, uh, I guess leading up to it, there was so much going into it. Like he had almost like three unnecessary roughness penalties in a row, and uh, it yeah. was a rough drive for the Tiger Cats. But you can't touch a ref like that. It was we haven't seen it before. And last year, when Kent Austin abs- accidentally, I think it was accidentally slapped the ref. I mean, man, <laughs> the Tiger Cats got some uh, discipline problems. I would say. Well, he only got one game. He wasn't even suspended. He was still allowed to coach. He just had to coach from the press box. Yeah. It wasn't even really a suspension. Yeah. And, you know, maybe not having Kent Austin on the sidelines a good thing because, you know, you don't have to listen to him. But <laughs> Ambrosi had a chance to set a precedent here with abuse of officials. And I think one game I don't think does it. I don't, I'm not saying that it opens the door for other guys to do it because I don't think guys will. Or this, won't, this won't become an epidemic. But I just think one game is not enough. It is abuse of an official. There's no question about it. And people are saying, well, he didn't intend to hurt him and blah, blah, blah. You can't judge intent from a, a TV screen or even as the ref. You don't know what he's thinking. He's just he's in the heat of the moment. He's in the game. He could do anything at that point. I just think he had a chance to set a president, and he didn't do it. You have to assume that the refs were brought in on this decision, right? I mean. I would think so. Yeah. It, it, they they're the ones that were involved. They're, it's like the same when, when two players, when a player hits another player in a suspension, both players are represented. One is a victim, one as the, uh, the perpetrator. But, I mean, the victim is a league employee, so I would assume that he would have somebody behind him and they would be consulted, or at least that entire crew. And even um, the head the head of the officials there at CFL. So I, I don't get it. I mean, at least he got something. I just don't think it's enough. The refs had a rough game. <laughs> there was another like skirmish in where one ended up getting pushed over. I think Brandon Banks was. I think his situation was almost a bit more serious because 
he wasn't even on the field. He just kind of joined into that scrum and ended up shoving a player who ended up going into a ref and knocking him down. So it was a rough up, rough and tumble night for the official Saturday night in Regina, where coincidentally is where uh, Kent Austin slapped the ref last year. So maybe the Ticats and Riders should not play in Regina anymore. Uh, Bo Levi <laughs> ends up getting fined for criticizing officials on Twitter. Did you? Yeah, like I said, the officials are having a rough week. Did you see Bo's tweet? I didn't think it was all that bad. I didn't see it, and I went looking for it today when I finally saw something about it on Twitter, and it was already, it was deleted, so I never did get a chance. But he knows better than that. You're going to get fined for that. It's just stupid. It is in the policy. So, yeah. uh, I mean... He knew it was coming, and to Bo's credit, he owned up to it. You know, he knew that he was going to get fined for it, but this is what he exactly said. Uh, That's a bad, bad call. Where else can the DB hit him? How else can he hit him? Hashtag Saskatchewan versus Hamilton. So it wasn't all that malicious in intent, but you have to assume it's in the social media policy, so we did have to shell out a couple bucks for saying that. Bo is very interactive on Twitter, so hopefully this doesn't change things for him in the future. I hope not. It's lots of fun to see the exchanges he has between fans and yeah. other players on other teams. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's one more way that you can get fans more involved in the game. They want to go out because they can talk to this guy on social media and they can go watch him. It's just another another piece of the puzzle. Um, as for his tweet, if he doesn't say that's a bad call and just just ask the question where are you supposed to hit a guy, I think we're looking at something completely different. At that point, he's not saying anything about the refing. He's asking a legit question, where are you supposed to hit a guy now? Yeah. Uh, we do have to cop- talk about a couple injuries. Devere Posey for the Argos ends up on the six-game injured list, so he's out for a while. Jeff Fuller is going to miss this week's game against Winnipeg for the Argos. And for the Bombers, Ian Wild hits the six-game injured list. So that's a big hole on the Winnipeg defense. And I guess we should also mention uh, John White out for the season. The Eskimos were on a bye last week, but Kendall Lawrence stayed in the city in Edmonton, so he's signed back with the Eskimos. It looks like Trayvon Van will start at running back for the Eskies and Kendall Lawrence back on returns uh, for the Eskimos. I don't know if we'll get the Saskatchewan version of Kendall Lawrence or the 2015 Eskimo version of Kendall Lawrence because he was unreal for that Grey Cup season and before that. Wow, like we said when we went to the preseason game, oh, it looks like he's going to try this year. He had some really good returns, mm-hmm. played, played really well, and yeah, for, for Edmonton's sake, I hope they don't get the Saskatchewan version of Kendall Lawrence because it, it, <laughs> it can't be... You might as well bring John White back in a wheelchair and get him to run the ball because it'll be better than what we had in Saskatchewan. I found this move a bit surprising. A.J. Jefferson, defensive back for the Ottawa Red Blacks, gets let go. Uh, he ended up tweeting saying that the Red Blacks want to go in a younger direction. He's 29 years old, and he's been electric on punt returns and you know missed field goal returns in the past. I got to assume a guy like AJ Jefferson will end up somebody somewhere eventually. Oh, I would think he gets another job for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's Hamilton has a terrible defense oh, early. They're man, so bad. They're um, a mess. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he gets signed in Toronto and goes back. Uh, like there's, 
there's no way this guy doesn't get a job at some point this year, so I wouldn't be too worried if I was A.J. Jefferson. we got to talk about what's happening in Toronto on July 24th. Yes, it's Monday Night Football at BMO Field. It is Doug Flutie bobblehead night, and they're having a celebration there for the 96-97 Argo Grey Cup teams. Two tickets for $19.97. Wake up, Toronto. Go support that team. And who the heck doesn't want a Doug Flutie bobblehead on their desk? If you don't want a Doug Flutie bobblehead, you you just know nothing about football. I'm thinking about just buying a couple tickets and uh, sending somebody to pick me up the bobblehead and mail it to me. I do have people in Toronto. Do you? Yes. Whether or not whether or not she'd go to a football game, I don't know, but I could look into it. Well, I will cover her food and her tickets if she'll get, she'll send me the Doug Flutie bobblehead. Well, ticket. we got to get her. We got to get her two tickets, which takes a friend, so I get one too. Okay. John's on his own. Uh, yeah, screw him. He <laughs> <laughs> can't even show up for the show. I'm sicker than a dog. I, I I got I got a man cold going on, and what's he doing? Picking his nose. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> at 1997 for two tickets, it is getting embarrassing in Toronto. I will say that. Well, buy them, man. Like that is some damn good value. And when you got a receiver like SJ Green doing what he's doing right now, we'll talk about that in the games right now. Time for the fantasy expose on the two and out podcast. All right. We start with Thursday's game. BC ends up beating Montreal 23 19. And when you look at the stat sheet, you're thinking, Jeremiah Johnson, he got me a lot of points on my TSN CFL fantasy team. I picked him. It was a great, great, great pick, but he really didn't. He got 34 rushing yards. He had 68 through the air, but two touchdowns. And Jeremiah Johnson, for the past couple seasons, that guy knows how to find pay dirt. And he's now the most expensive running back on TSN CFL Fantasy this week. I don't know if I want to roll with him against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Say what you will about the Tiger Cats. The front seven may be the only good thing on that team. (laughs) That's a very fair point. Yeah, <laughs> um, they've, they've they've allowed the most yards, but I mean, still their their front seven should be better. And at some point, it is going to pick up. Um, whether that's this week or next week, you don't know. But do you really want to take that chance? Um, but saying that, I mean Johnson, when they are in the red zone, it's not like they don't give him the ball. Yeah, um, you got to know it's for the end zone, like you said. So being the most expensive running back, it's tough to. A for that in CFL fantasy because they yeah. don't get the amount of touches as a as you would hope a, a running back would, but um, it's hard not to pick him because he gets so many points. I have been uh, picking on Hamilton's defense uh, ever since Toronto lit them up, which is really only one game. I mean, uh, uh, Kevin Glenn threw for 380 yards on them this week, so I want to roll with BC against them this week, but uh, Jonathan Jennings is just under $12,000. He's only thrown two touchdowns so far this season. You have to assume that he's going to wake up, and he might do it against Hamilton this week, but it's still a pretty price, price to pay for them. But we are talking about the Lions and the Alouettes right now. Solomon Alamimian got 15 tackles against the Alouettes in this game. Talking about a front seven, Solly is... Not, I mean, remember when he got that Achilles injury? I'm wondering, is he going to be the same guy? He might just be better than before the injury. Um, 
one off one off the CFL record. Yeah, total tackles in a game, which is ridiculous. But I think with Adam Big Hill leaving, I think that puts more of an emphasis on Solomon Elamimian, and yep. so he he can get involved in more plays now because Adam Big Hill isn't taking away those plays from him. So I think I think I don't know if it's better. Um, I just think there's more volume, and he's he's good enough to be consistent enough with more volume with the more volume of plays. Um, but he's a freak. He is. <laughs> it's ridiculous how good this guy is. Like. It's scary. As for Montreal, their offense is still, man, I don't know if they're turning the ball over as much as they have the last few years with their 29 different quarterbacks, but they're not flashy at all. Now, believe it or not, they still haven't given up a sack, which to me is incredible. They still have a great offensive line. Tyrell Sutton gets it done running the ball, and Durant seems to be getting some good protection, but they can't finish drives. They can't move the ball that much through the air, and I don't know what the answer is. Is is it the receivers in Montreal? They have a pretty, I think, aging receiving core. Well, when has a Nick Lewis offense been flashing? Yeah. Yeah. Nick especially gets the ball, gets, gets a little bit of yak after, and just gets the job done consistently. He might not put up the gaudy numbers that everybody else does, but I mean, that's that's a chaplain defense. So you're, you're not going to take those big shots. It's going to be those thick, think and dunk passes, you know, through the middle, try to just march down the field. And BJ Cunningham is probably your fastest guy, and yeah. he doesn't have all that much experience. And then Nick Lewis, I mean, He's not gonna. He's not gonna break away from a from a defensive back to get behind coverage, and it's like you said, they don't finish drives, and um, it's it's tough. It's tough to win the CFL when you can't finish a drive. Uh, field goals aren't gonna win you a game, but they are gonna win you the over under battle. They will lose you the game. Just ask Ryder fans <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> Nick Lewis, twenty one yards away from surpassing Ben Cahoon and hitting sixth all time in CFL receiving. I think we take Nick a little bit for granted. He's one of the greats all time. Consistency. He's the picture of consistency in the CFL. Um, I wouldn't have even thought he'd be this high. Yeah, no kidding. Um, it's some really good years in Calgary. You look back. Um, and you know he's just—he's still playing. He's still putting in the time. He's going to the going to practice, going to the games, tying his shoes, lining up, catching footballs. And that, that's his job. That's all he needs to do, and he keeps doing that. I mean, Montreal at some point, at some point, is going to have to figure out what they're doing with the receiving core. But I, I don't think you can part ways with Nick Lewis while he's still playing like he is. Speaking of Calgary, they beat Winnipeg twenty-nine ten, but. They were trailing 10-9 at halftime. There was an amazing point in the game where the Bombers actually stuffed Calgary five times in a row on the goal line. They would have gotten out of that situation, but uh, there was an offside call on Winnipeg. So Calgary, it took them six chances to get that touchdown. That is impressive. I don't, especially in the CFL, when you got a yard off the ball. Yeah, that was. Impressive is the only way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was hoping that they would get the stuff and just kick the field goal because I took the under. Oh. But, <laughs> but it worked out. It worked out anyway. But I mean, they get stuff five times on the goal line. I, I 
I'd be looking at my old line and be like, what are you guys doing right now? <laughs> yeah, like they were getting beat off the ball consistently in all those plays and had, and just getting pushed back hard until eventually Calgary scored that touchdown. But that was somewhat embarrassing for that old line. What are the Blue Bombers? 43 points on the road against Saskatchewan, which doesn't have the old Texas Gate defense like they have the last few years. But this year they scored 10 points at home. Yes, the Stampeders' defense is probably the best in the CFL, but 10 points in front of your own fans? The Bombers are just downright average, below average at home for some reason. And Calgary, Bo Levi, is undefeated at Investors Group Field. Uh, (laughs) Is this just a blip in the radar for the Blue Bombers? What are they? They're a running team in the CFL. If you can shut down Weston Dressler, they're not going to beat you with with Andrew Harris running the football. Yeah, and, like they have a good they have a good supporting cast on in their receiver core. But if you can shut down Weston Dressler, they're not going to score a lot of points on you, and they're going to have to drive the ball on the ground and hope that they can catch defenses sleeping, eventually blitzing and get behind coverage. But they just. Without Dressler, they don't have a threat. So, ten points at home is bad. It is. Especially scoring forty three yeah. the week before, but yeah, it's a mixed bag right now. I think it's going to either be big, big games or really bad games for the Bombers, and it's going to go back and forth. Um, I still have faith in Matt Nichols. I think he's a good quarterback, um, but ten points, like at some point, something's got to give there. As for Calgary, how about receiver Kamar Jordan? He's going to cost you about $5,300 on uh, TSN CFL Fantasy. He already has four touchdowns on the season. He may not be getting the most yards ever, and Calgary's really good at spreading the ball around. They have been for a long time, but he seems to be uh, the go-to target for Bo when they get into the red zone. Yep, um, that's... You have to take him every week right now. He's been so consistent early on in the year. Um, four TDs already. Uh, you get lots rack up points with him. He's staying healthy compared to the rest of his team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, again... It's, it's kind of a bargain. If the guy's going to get you a touchdown yeah. in the week, and with the yards, you, you, you got to take him. But, again, where is Calgary getting all these players from? They're cheating. Don't tell me that they don't have a pre-practice, pre-practice roster. That Huffnagel's better at not getting caught than Chris Jones. (laughs) All it is. There's no way that you just, oh, yeah, we've had this kind of practice roster. We've had him there for three years, and we're finally going to be able to use him. No, you're cheating. (laughs) Everybody knows it. Nobody can find the paper trail yet. But come on. You know that Chris Jones learned from Huffnagel. He just sucked at it. He just sucked at it. That's... (laughs) That's all. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> On to Saturday, it was a doubleheader. Ottawa loses to Toronto 26-25. They're still without a win. They actually had a lead over the Argos, 12-1 at halftime. But SJ Green, I feel like we should dedicate an entire podcast to him. Last year, he blew his knee to pieces. Everyone, I think, thought he was done. Maybe he was just going to be a leadership piece in Toronto to maybe mentor some up-and-coming receivers. But 10 catches, 210 yards, and a touchdown? Are you kidding me? 
that's uh, that's pretty good. I'd and say so. Like, uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Two hundred and ten yards. That's a that's a good three quarters of football for one quarterback. Yeah. Let alone a game for a receiver. Yeah, that was ridiculous. He he catches the football, and Ricky Ray puts it where he needs to. The guy's six three. He's going to be taller than a lot of corners. Um, he's able to go up and get that, get the football, and you know, keep drives alive. He's gonna, Ricky Ray's gonna end up. His numbers are gonna be ridiculous by the time he ends his career if he keeps going like this. If S, especially if SJ stays in Toronto, um, another guy you got to take a serious look at in fan, or not fantasy, but sorry, but DraftKings or TSN. He's putting up numbers each and every week, and if you're willing to pay for it, you're gonna get production. Now, here is a crazy theory that I haven't had the guts to try yet, but I've thought about it. What do you think about starting a dirt cheap quarterback for like 2800 bucks or whatever and stacking absolutely everywhere else? Now, uh, Ryan Lindley ends up getting a rushing TD in this game. He's like $2,500 uh, for the Red Blacks. Uh, Andrew Buckley, now he gets goal line carries, and he actually had a 54-yard touchdown run a few weeks ago is there something to maybe starting a dirt cheap backup quarterback and going for the home run well i would say for the only backup quarterback i'd want to start right now is right or is travis lule but he's at 7600 bucks on DraftKings. yeah that's, that's a little ridiculous that's way too much um, but he got two t- he gets a touchdown or maybe two a week um i wouldn't do it because i like to stack uh, my quarterback with yeah one or two of his top receivers um, so you're going to be somewhat losing points there because you're not going to get that rushing. Or you're not going to get the touchdown, but you're not getting that touchdown anyway. Um, and, man, but you could really stack up some good receivers with only a $2,500 quarterback. So Buckley ended up, uh, he, he's $2,534. In week two against Ottawa, he had 12.2 fantasy points which is not that bad. Just to compare, in week one, Jonathan Jennings had 10.6, and he played the entire game, and he cost a pile of money. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. You have to be crazy. You have to be a bit off your rocker to do it, I think, and I am a bit off my rocker. So uh, <laughs> maybe it's something that you want to try in the future. I would love to see if somebody did it and, you know, they ended up getting two QB sneaks for two touchdowns. That's a good day for 2500 bucks. I would say. That that, that production, that uh, net profit there would be pretty decent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, three games into the season, the Argos are first in the East, but they basically have a non-existent running game. And I know Ricky I think we Ray. all saw this coming, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what we saw coming. Can they continue to – I'm not going to say they're racking up wins, but they can they continue to hang on to first in the East if they don't even have a running game? Yeah, if Ottawa keeps playing like they are and Hamilton's the yeah. garbage fire they look like, Montreal – I mean, it might come down to Montreal-Toronto. Their head-to-head record is tied who gets first place in that Eastern Division. Um, like, running games are somewhat important, but in the CFL, it's not as much of a factor, especially when Whitaker is what I would consider a two-way back. He can he can play out of the backfield. He can run. 
but he can still catch those screen passes and those little think and dunk passes over the middle as a last minute option or a dump down. So um, you don't need to tear it up on the ground, I don't think, especially if you're going to play that many games against the East. Uh, I think the Argos are in good shape if they can keep this up. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, breaking news here. It is uh, a former Argo. Swayze Waters was with the BC Lions, has trouble getting healthy, but has been cut by the Lions. And Ty Long struggled uh, in their week one game against Edmonton. But I guess he has impressed enough for them to say, hey, Swayze, sorry, you can't get healthy. We're going to let you go. It's a bit surprising for me. Uh, yeah, it's surprising, but I'm not going to question what Walter Buono does in this league anymore until it's some boneheaded move. But, I mean, let's be honest, kickers are somewhat a dime a dozen unless you have somebody like Sean White. Yeah, he's a game changer. Or Medlock. Yeah, yeah Medlock. Or too. Justin Medlock, yeah. So, no, they've got long. Oh, one kick here or there, and your your percentage changes so much yeah. this early in the year. So you can't really look at that right now, but... If he's consistently bad, um, I think they'll take a look at somebody else or maybe Paul McCallum. Waters will be healthy, but oh, why? <laughs> I maybe we will come out of retirement. <laughs> oh, he's probably still in Vancouver. We saw Dave Ridgeway in Saskatchewan on Canada Day with the ceremonial kickoff. I'd love to see a kickoff between uh, Louis and Ridgeway right now. That would be incredible. Man, the league had some great kickers in the late 80s and the 90s. Too bad we couldn't enjoy them as much. Like, how many good names were there? Uh, You had Ridgeway. Osbaldiston. You had, I I was a big Prefontaine guy in the 90s. Oh, yeah. He could hit. Louis Pataglia. Oh, those were the days. (laughs) Yeah. Saskatchewan beats Hamilton 37-20 on Saturday night. Man. The Ticats are just a mess right now. They're another team that doesn't run the ball at all. Ross Schuerman has five carries for 19 yards. There's some buzz, and I've heard this buzz for a while now. Is Kent Austin in trouble? It sounds crazy to say he's built that entire team, but, man, if they keep losing, is he going to be sent packing? I don't think it's crazy to think that he's in trouble. Yeah, he's the one that built the team, and that team is losing. Um, I I get it. He won a great cup. I don't really think that coaching is his forte. To be honest with you, he, he, it just seems like he, he looks lost out there some days to me. He doesn't know exactly what's going on with his team. Uh, he seems a little out of touch, and his team's losing. Uh, wins and losses speak multitudes in this league and if you're not going to win football games you're not going to keep your job so if they keep going like this i don't see kent austin there he might make it the end of the year but if they don't make the playoffs i think he's gone i can't uh, blame zach caleros for the uh, troubles in hamilton right now just watching that game he was on the run he's running for his life the, the whole game well they lost they lost pete dietowski to the riders um you know they lost Tolliver again to an yeah. injury. He's, like his number one guy right now is Luke Tasker. So Fan Tuz is back from injury. They got Brian Timms. Like, he's got nobody to throw to. His O line is depleted. It's definitely not Claros' fault, but 
everybody's going to look at the quarterback play and be like, well, well, what is this? Is it Zach's fault? Is it bad play calling? Is it the scheme? I just think it's a collection of bad personnel moves and uh, just bad luck with injuries. Um, like you said, though, you can't blame Zach Caleros. You're under pressure. You're not going to make the best decisions, and you're going to throw some bad balls. Um, if they get the old line fixed somehow, I think we see a different Ticats team going forward. Naaman Roosevelt goes 10 catches, 167 yards. But Kevin Glenn, should we get the share uh, drop? If I could turn back time. <laughs> Three. That is, that is what we listen to in the hockey dressing room on my block rocker after every game. So oh. <laughs> I might have that on my phone. <laughs> 380 yards for Kevin Glenn. Did you see this from Kevin Glenn? I didn't. Uh, I was expect. I would expect more like 380 yards and in interception return yards instead of. <laughs> well, he did have 110. He did have 110 interception return yards in this. Yeah, so there's that. But no, three 380 is good. I mean, you, you won the football game. Um, could have took care of the ball a little better, but it is Kevin Glenn. We know what he is by now. We know he throws picks. Uh, it is what it is. Um, I think it's just more important they got the win, and if they had to do it through the air and he gets 380 yards, that's that's the way she goes. By the way, Deron Carter has a hell of a cannon on him as well. I know it yeah. was I know it was incomplete, but man, yeah, that's another another weapon in the in the arsenal there. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> All right, buddy, you got your picks locked in for this week. As locked in as they're going to be. All right, let's do it. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. Week four starts tonight. It is Argos and Bombers. I find this game so interesting. The Argos went into Ottawa, won in a pretty hostile environment there. Now they're going to go into Winnipeg, which I would say is a must-win game for the Bombers here. Who are you going with? I am taking the home side. I think they're going to rebound from last week. Um, Their defense is forcing turnovers again. Not that Ray creates a lot, but they're going to be able to pressure him. Um, Winnipeg got embarrassed at home last week. I think they come out and uh, recoup their losses from that game. Bit of a short week, too, for the Argos. Uh, Saturday game, now they're playing on Thursday, so and they got to travel. So I, I am going to side with the Winnipeg here as well. Here is Jet Set Satellite. Baby, cool your jets is what I say. You never had to end this way. Killing the vibe when you up and quit. I'm glad you're gone, but you will be missed. Yeah, I wanna rain. Yeah, I'm on my knees. Cause I need some breathing room. Oh, those guys rock. We are going to Montreal on Friday. It's Calgary in town to take on the Alouettes. Do I even have to ask? <laughs> no, I don't think you do. Okay, lover boys from Calgary. Why don't you Man, that makes me want to get an oil change. How good were those commercials? <laughs> I forgot about those. 
<laughs> Man, I have never had an oil change technician, whatever they're called, that awesome and into lover boy. But uh, man, I would. Then you're obviously going to the wrong places yeah, to get your oil change. I, I think I am, man. I think I am. <laughs> the second half of that Friday doubleheader, it is Red Blacks Eskimos. I don't know about you. Story of this game is the fifty-fifty starting at eighty-two thousand dollars. Now, a couple of years ago, this happened. Uh, I think it was a seventy thousand dollar pot carried over. It was unclaimed from the home opener this time, and the pot then got up to. $348,000. Are we going to get over 400000 this Friday night? Ooh, that would be impressive. Um, I mean, what did Saskatchewan have in week, uh, week two? It was over five hundred grand. I think it was uh, that, that quarter take million home. That take total, home. So that's, yeah. Let's just say if I win it, I'm probably taking some time off. Edmonton's still the king of the 50-50. No, oh, ma- for sure. no matter what anyone says, they are the king of the 50-50. And I could see this going over $400,000. Now, the issue is last time, they didn't have enough manpower. I stood in line for over an hour and didn't even get a ticket. See, and I don't have that kind of patience. You don't? No. I'm there to watch football and drink beer. <laughs> Well, I was there to win together, not just drink beer and then go watch football. I was there to win the (laughs) fifty-fifty. Well, yeah, but we're Ryder fans. (laughs) But uh, I I don't know St. John's, Newfoundland. They got that big fifty-fifty there as well, seven hundred and fifty k. We'll see if we can get up to that in Edmonton. They did say that they are beefing up the personnel so they can sell as much 50-50s as possible. I hope they are braced for impact, man. (laughs) Who do you? Every game they do touchdown for high school football, why aren't the high school teachers there selling 50-50s? Yeah, I agree. What, who do you got in this game? I have the home side again. Edmonton, uh, Ottawa can't stop anybody, and it seems when they do, uh, they don't score points. So, Or they just keep pace with the team. So I'm taking Edmonton. They're at home. Uh, Ottawa, they won last week. It wasn't pretty, but... Yeah, they just don't seem like the team they were the last two years, and I just think Edmonton's just going to run over them. So I'll take the I'll take the Eskimos in this one. The Eskimos are zero and one in fifty fifty carryover games. Okay, Derek Taylor. Look at that! How, how's that for a stat? <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> I think they moved to one and one as well. Tell me how much you would like to see Brian Hall singing that version at Commonwealth Stadium. You mean yelling it into a microphone that already <laughs> amplifies sound? <laughs> don't get me started on Brian Hall. Uh, I don't have the time. <laughs> well, I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> Saturday, it's the Feline Bowl. The Tabbies, the Lions at Tim Hortons Field, the Donut Box. Uh, the way I see things going for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I can't pick them, so I'm picking BC. You have to excuse me, I'm not at my best. I've been gone for a week. I've been drunk since I left.
Asians will soon be my death. I'm so sick from the drink. I need home for a rest. Take me home. All right, Brazilian Ty, where are you going? I'm going with the tabbies. Now, explain this to me. This is BC's third week in a row on the road. Something's got to give. Yeah, that's a long road trip. And I needed to pick an underdog. Oh, so you wanted to just get paid more. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's that. But Hamilton's at home. Usually good for three points. Um, I, I can't even say that they're playing better and there's something I see that suggests that they're going to win this game. Um, BC's got to be getting tired of the travel. At yeah. some point, it's got to catch up to them. I'm just hoping it's this week. So I'm going out on a limb and taking Tiger Cat. All right. We are going to play Monster Truck. Thank you, Hamilton, for giving us some kick-ass rock and roll. Brazilian Ty, we going to see you at the old Kim Mitchell concert in Red Deer next week? Oh, that sounds very intriguing. <laughs> I did see him at World. You did? That was here in April. So you... me, and, uh, me and old man Andrew from Empire Pod, uh, <laughs> I dragged him out of the house that night. We the date. Uh, I'll look at my schedule and maybe we'll talk. Okay, awesome. Tom Cochran's also playing the Friday night as well, so... Uh, I'm gonna have a good night, good good week eating mini donuts and going to some good Canadian classic rock shows. Uh, Prism and Helix are in what Minster tonight at the fair, so I might uh, mosey down down the old grandstand show. We'll see what happens. Is that tonight? Yeah. Are you in Lloyd Minster? I can be. <laughs> Please go see Helix, man. I want the report on that show. I'm not giving them an R. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for being reliable and coming on this week. If the women don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy, and I'm neither, so i got to be reliable. (laughs) Awesome. Proud members of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Make sure you follow that account, at CF Pod Network. You can like and follow us on Facebook and or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.